You're listening to the MoneyWeb SAFM Market Update Podcast with host Fifi Peters. As we count down to the State of the Nation address happening this week in Cape Town uh, on Thursday, food security uh, should be a key focus of uh, President Cyril Ramaphosa, and that is according to Agri South Africa, who says that uh, if the current power outages um, continue, then they will continue to compromise the security of food, and this is food across the board, from grains to livestock, poultry, uh, fruit, vegetables, sugar, uh, and and the like. And uh, to speak more on this uh, conversation, Christophe van der Rieder, the CEO of Agri SA. Christophe, thanks so much uh, for your time. So, so food security um, is what the president should uh, pay attention to uh, in terms of the impact that uh, the power cuts, load shedding is having on food security uh, right now. In paying attention, exactly what do you want this president to do? We want the president to declare the agriculture sector at uh, the value chain uh, as an essential service. Remember, this was done uh, just before the introduction of the COVID uh, regulations in 2020, and uh, that saved the day for South Africa because farmers were allowed to continue to produce food and given the very good climatic conditions, we could uh, generate a surplus. And that brought down the price of food. Uh, you know, many people lost their jobs. And uh, the COVID uh, lockdowns created havoc, not only here, but internationally. But um, we, we, our farmers have really uh, uh, lived up to the task and they uh, ensured food security for South Africa. And what we're asking now is exactly the same because the sector is really uh, being undermined uh, or its productivity and its ability to produce food is undermined by uh, uh, this extensive load shedding that we've seen for the past couple of months. All right. So by uh, declaring agriculture a essential service, you're saying that agriculture should be exempt from load shedding or from aggressive you know, this, load shedding. Yeah, I think that would be very difficult. But what we're saying is... Uh, once you declare it as an essential service, then uh, we want it to be partially exempt from load shedding beyond stage four, because farmers can cope to stage two. And we've asked over time that rather give us stage two on a regular basis, and then we know what we're dealing with. But you cannot have stage two today and tomorrow stage six, and then stage six or five or so, because the, the sector you know, has a specific way of doing things, especially in the irrigation field, and uh, when it comes to uh, the dairy production and the feedlot production and so forth. And then you can plan around uh, level uh, load shedding level two. And then also allow for higher rebates on diesel and petrol, used for electricity generation, because currently farmers are spending millions. Uh, mm. And that is not money that you just can fork out at any stage. It's really money that should be used, go back into investment in the sector and uh, to prepare for next year's uh, crop. Mm. So you say uh, the farmers can uh, handle uh, stage two. It's probably not desirable, but they uh, can handle it. They can work uh, around it. But just give us the numbers of what stage four is costing the agricultural industry or stage six, um, which we have also experienced in the recent while. What has the cost been? It runs into billions. The latest figures that I've received is that for the past nine months, uh, the, the sector has lost in the region of 23 billion rand. Uh, now you talk about not only losses at a farm level, for example, 
loss of poultry, loss of uh, milk uh, due to the fact that there is no cold chain to keep it uh, fresh. Uh, you also at uh, you know spoils at, at the market because your uh, ripening facilities and your cold storage facilities are not working. But then uh, there's also another cost factor: your workers cannot complete their jobs, so now you have to pay them overtime during night, during the night because uh, your irrigation system must must operate now during uh, uh, during the night. And then in addition to it, uh, there's a whole lot of other uh, challenges that farmers experience. For example, uh, forking out uh, millions of rands on diesel, forking out millions of rands on acquiring diesel generators or investing in solar panels and so forth. So yeah, it, it's, a costly, it's a costly exercise. And who bears the brunt ultimately is the consumer who now must uh, pay more for, for uh, produce with money that they don't have. Mm. Are you seeing that? Uh, are you seeing, you know, food inflation uh, remaining a problem or um, becoming a bigger problem if, if uh, the load shedding uh, situation is not resolved? Indeed. Um, uh, look, all over the world, we've seen that food inflation has uh, sort of stabilized. We've seen uh, the latest statistics from SA that food inflation has come down marginally. But you remember, um, uh, the big question is that, uh, the big challenge is that uh, over a 12-month period, we've seen a massive spike in the basic food basket of people. According to BFAP statistics, people, the poorest of the poor, are paying 380 rand per month more on a food basket, a basic food basket. Uh, Our big challenge, obviously, we want people to uh, have access to food because it's a a constitutional uh, imperative that people have access to food, uh, according to uh, Section 27 in our national constitution. But at the same time, we want food to remain affordable and accessible. But with load shedding, uh, it pushes up the cost of production. It uh, pushes up uh, uh, the cost of uh, maintaining the cold chain. And in addition, uh, you know, once if a farmer loses a lot of his produce due to the fact that uh, it uh, got spoiled, uh, then uh, it, it places the farmer in a predicament because how is he ever going to recoup his uh, losses? Mm-hmm. Talking about uh, costs and uh, reducing the cost load then for the, for the farmer, you also uh, are asking the president to amend the uh, current tariff structure uh, to reduce the cost of electricity uh, during peak times. So Are you making reference to the recent uh, tariff increases that NERSA um, granted to ESCOM that uh, become effective, I believe, in April? Or are you talking about electricity increases that happened even prior to the recent NERSA announcement? Uh, look, uh, the, these are two uh, separate issues. What we're talking about is the fact that uh, ESCOM has cancelled its uh, Ruderflex tariff system. Now, what that tariff system uh, says, uh, it, when a farmer irrigates or uses uh, electricity for production purposes, during uh, peak times, then they pay at, re- at least four and more per unit. Uh, and that's why most farmers prefer to uh, use electricity for irrigation or production purpose during off-peak times, because then they pay a normal tariff. But with load shedding, that happens during any time of the day. Farmers have no choice but to uh, irrigate during uh, the peak uh, times, and that's uh, where they uh, get hammered. 
uh, in terms of uh, paying them much more for the use of electricity. And that's what we're saying is that is type of structure has no relevance now. Uh, it must be done away with. Uh, we want one uh, kind of structure throughout the course of the day. And then, obviously, the other issue is the kind of hike. Uh, that's now in the price of electricity uh, in the region of 18%. Next year, it's another 9%. And that in itself is a big challenge for the industry because I don't think people mind to, to pay more for a service, but then it must be a good service. It must be a reliable service. Uh, it mustn't be a service that uh, is provided one moment uh, and the next minute there is nothing. Uh, and that in itself poses many risks uh, to consumers and to farmers specifically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Christo, uh, some of these interventions we've been uh, talking about are short-term measures, right, uh, that can help cushion the blow from the uh, current power outages right now and uh, hopefully help uh, bring the cost of food uh, down. But in the long term, how is the agriculture sector thinking about making itself um, resilient and stronger in the wake of a long-standing problem, the power crisis problem that uh, will take uh, quite a bit of time to to solve? I mean, is the sector in a position to uh, invest more in generating its own power? Look, uh, uh, I think uh, how we deal with this perspective is is, is sort of multidimensional. In other words, at a policy level, we are telling government that Stop with this silo approach. You've got NERSA on the one hand, you've got ESCOM on the other hand, you've got a presidency, then you've got various departments, treasury, and so forth, and all of them uh, know exactly what is the problem. But there's no alignment, there's no collaboration, there's no monitoring and evaluation in terms of, uh, and no unlocking of synergy between these various departments to empower ESCOM at the end of the day. What we've seen these past uh, few months is the, all the, uh, everyone understands what the problem is, but uh, efforts by NERSA, efforts by government departments uh, are not in the interest of ESCOM. It's sometimes politically driven, it's uh, driven by other motives, uh, and that makes it very difficult for the bosses at ESCOM to make decisions and to take decisions and drive those decisions. If I'm a business entity and I am subjected to all of these kind of bureaucratic uh, rules and regulations, I might as well close my door the next day because uh, if uh, my uh, ownership is intertwined with all kinds of bureaucratic red tape, then it makes it very difficult to run a business profitably. So that's the big argument that we put forward. We say you don't need a state of disaster for the police to catch the criminals at ESCOM, for the intelligence services to root out corruption, for the police to catch the criminals who duck uh, uh, trenches right in front of their noses and then steal copper cables, for ministers to relax laws because ministers are uh, capable of doing so. And then for government departments to work in tandem and to uh, uh, make sure that the private sector uh, come on board and also feedback uh, surplus electricity into the grid. The next one is obviously related to infrastructure because our current transmission lines, uh, especially in the Northern Cape and apparently I believe Western Cape and other provinces, are incapable 
of absorbing additional power. So that is where the investment should go. That's where new servitudes should be declared and uh, making sure that you put up uh, transmission lines for electricity to be brought to customers. And then the third issue relates to the non-payment of electricity. How is it possible that municipalities uh, owe ESCOM 60 billion rand? Where's the political will by government to say, right, now we stop this nonsense, uh, provincial departments, when you receive the uh, municipal allocations, take some of that money and pay ESCOM for its services. Because how can ESCOM operate uh, if, if it's not being paid for its services? And then, obviously, uh, how do we empower the general public out there to, uh, they should be subsidized to put um, uh, solar panels on the roofs, farmers should be subsidized to uh, invest uh, in uh, uh, large-scale solar uh, uh, panels uh, and electricity production, as well as uh, other ways and means to uh, um, produce uh, green energy for the sector, sure. and all of that can be brought, can be fed back into the grid for the benefit of the country. Sure, Christo, uh, thanks so much for um, joining us, explaining the case there and the importance of uh, food security and why it should be it uh, should be prioritised at the stage. Uh, Christo van der Rieda, CEO at uh, Agri uh, SA, just uh, reflecting on his uh, wish list or the sector's wish list for the State of the Nation address. You've been listening to another MoneyWeb SAFM Market Update podcast uploaded weekdays at 7 p.m. For more MoneyWeb podcasts, go to moneyweb.co.za or the app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates.